the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Watch the show on Facebook, The Hooley Show, or 989 The Answer. You can also access the podcast. If you miss a portion of the show, the podcasts are available at 989theanswer.com. Click on the Listen tab, then Podcast page down to our show. Aaron posts the content in half-hour increments, and you can grab that probably an hour after the show concludes at 1 o'clock. Big news out there in the uh, college football realm. We have uh, Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly is leaving Notre Dame for LSU a day after Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma left for USC. There are some who are speculating that uh, Urban Meyer will be the next coach at Notre Dame. I don't think that'll happen, but if it does happen, his first game at Notre Dame would be in Ohio Stadium next year against Ryan Day and the Buckeyes. So that bears... Keeping your eye on it. Uh, college football coaches' salaries. Brian Kelly's supposedly getting $15 million a year to coach at LSU. $15 million a year. Wow. Good for him. I'm a capitalist. You are not stealing money unless you have a gun in your hand. And the other person doesn't want to give it to you, but does it under the threat of violence. So good for Brian Kelly. Of course, wealth is a terrible thing. You know that. All leftists hate wealth. You know, wealth does all kinds of awful things like create jobs so you can feed your family, have a sense of self-worth. Evil, wealth, terrible. If you don't believe me, just read yet another hit piece on Republican Senate candidates from the poison pen of Haley B. Miller of the Columbus Dispatch. Oh, Haley, never tires of pointing out how rich all the Senate Republican candidates are and how subliminally awful it is that they are rich. Now, is there ever coming to print a story on the net worth of screaming Tim Ryan, who will be the Democratic candidate for Senate? I doubt it. I doubt it. But, oh, Haley never runs out of time or space or ink to demonize, and today's two candidates in the spotlight are author J.D. Vance and investment banker Mike Gibbons. J.D. Vance, she writes, author and venture capitalist. Okay, so let's examine those two career definitions from Haley B. Miller, who, you know, wouldn't say what J.D. Vance is, unless you were supposed to buy into her view that it's evil for him to be that. Apparently it's evil to be an author. I don't know. I'd be careful, Haley. That's pretty close to being 
someone who writes for a newspaper, but an author and venture capitalist. Now, what do venture capitalists do? Venture capitalists invest in business ideas and in people and give them the capital money so that they can grow and develop their business ideas. That, to me, is a pretty important role for a person to play. I don't see the evil in it, but again, I'm an unrepentant capitalist. She says J.D. Vance earned over $1 million in 2020 and the first part of this year, including $347,000 for his book, Hillbilly Elegy. Now, I guess I would want to know, why is that evil? J.D. Vance took his own life circumstances and in an eloquent, interesting, captivating way, articulated them in a book. Maybe it's because he didn't plagiarize it. Maybe like if Joe Biden plagiarized, you know, all those speeches that Joe Biden plagiarized. If J.D. Vance had done that, maybe Haley B. Miller would have more respect for him. But because he created it himself, this is somehow evil that he returned $347,000 for his own book. Meanwhile, Haley says, investment banker Mike Gibbons reportedly earned nearly $15 million between salaries. Salary's bad. I mean... Again, unless you're holding a gun on someone, they pay you a salary. Fairly negotiated. Nothing wrong with it. Salaries, partnerships, and other income. Mm, Other income. Sounds suspicious to me. Let's take a deeper look. First, though, she has to point out that this is the latest disclosure of the, quote, significant personal wealth fueling the crowded GOP primary. Is that what's fueling the crowded GOP primary? Significant personal wealth. Funny, I was at the American Leadership Forum at Genoa. Mike Gibbons was there. Bernie Moreno was there. Josh Mandel, Jane Timken, J.D. Vance, Matt Dolan. They were all there. And, you know, they were asked, why why do you want to run for this office? And I don't think any of them said, (laughs) why do I want to run for this office? Because I'm really rich, man. None of them said that. What they said was, I don't like the direction the country's going. I think I can make a difference. I think my experience as a businessman or my experience as a chairman of the Ohio Republican Party in Jane Timken's case, my experience as a U.S. Marine in Josh Mandel's case, my experience as a state senator in Matt Dolan's case, I think that experience helps me lend something to a situation that I think needs correction that I believe I can have input on. That's what I remember them saying. I don't remember them saying, oh, I'm running because I'm rich. Hmm. Haley must have heard it differently than I did and everyone else in the room. So he has to point out Matt Dolan's family owns the Cleveland Guardians. He has until mid-January to report his finances. Congratulations, Matt. Once you report those finances, Haley B. Miller will be only too happy to tell us how evil you are. J.D. Vance, she says, brought in four hundred grand from his Peter Thiel-backed venture capital firm and $125,000 from... Rise of the Rest Seed Fund, a seed fund for entrepreneurs. Isn't that good? Isn't that good if you're helping people (laughs) realize their dreams? I I thought it was good. I must be mistaken. Vance reported investments in an array of private companies. Ooh, not just in several, but in an array of private companies that deal in software doesn't Google deal in software? Yahoo? 
lots of lots of leftists are in software. That bothers her, I guess, that J.D. Vance has been allowed to invest in those. Housekeeping and health care services. Those sound like pretty noble investments to me. He was also an investor in Kentucky-based App Harvest, whose board he left earlier this year. Okay, great. App Harvest. What are you trying to do? What are you, J.D. Vance, are you trying to feed poor people in Appalachia? Hmm. Haley B. Miller does not approve. Vance also has between 100000 and 250000 in Bitcoin and collected rent from a single-family townhome in Washington, D.C. Yeah, owning real estate's great. I highly recommend it. Now, Mike Gibbons, oh, here's where we really get to the evil rich guy, easily eclipsed Vance's wealth and his other opponents in personal income. Now, I don't know Mike Gibbons very well. I know what he said on stage about his background, and I've seen his television commercials, and I've read a little bit about it. Here's what I gather from Mike Gibbons. He's pretty much a down-home guy. I think he grew up in Parma. His mom and dad had pretty common jobs. He gravitated toward the business sector and banking, and he's been really, really good at it. He tried to invest and and save the Lordstown auto plant. Had that happened, would that have been good or bad for the Youngstown area? I think there's thousands of people there who'd like to have the jobs they used to have that they don't have anymore. I think so. Haley B. Miller writes that Mike Gibbons is also an investor in a large technology company conglomerate that includes Facebook, PayPal, and Microsoft. Again, I fail to see the crime. And Gibbons owns multiple properties in Ohio, plus a North Carolina beach house and a townhome in southwest New York. Yeah, here's the deal. When you're successful, you can buy multiple homes, and you can vacation, and you can enjoy life. Because you know what? From my perspective, that's okay, because you've earned it. You've worked hard. You've been good at what you've done. You've invested in other people. I don't think there's any proof that Mike Gibbons is Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. I don't think there's any proof that J.D. Vance is a grifter and a con man or that he's Scrooge. I think these are two successful guys in a field of successful people that genuinely believe they can make a difference and do a job better than the person who has the job, who chose of his own volition, and I'm talking about Rob Portman, to vacate the job. But this is what you're going to get all the way up to the May primary. Set your clock by it every two to three weeks. Haley B. Miller will be back with some kind of hit piece on the Republican candidates. Tim Ryan won't be in her crosshairs at all. And when he gets there, he'll be bathed in sunshine and balloons. And he'll be the answer to everything that whoever survives the Republican primary will threaten you with, according to the uh, pen of Haley B. Miller. I would assume if you are a listener to this radio show, you are most likely pro-life. 
So I would encourage you, if you are a praying person, to be praying for our Supreme Court and be praying for the outcome of a case that involves a Mississippi law. They're hearing testimony on that case this week. Starting tomorrow, the court will hear arguments challenging a 15-week ban on abortions in Mississippi. So uh, a baby 15 weeks old or older can no longer be aborted in Mississippi. Uh, These kinds of laws have been increasing in conservative states. And, of course, this angers the left, which you could really notice that a lot of leftist policies are fairly common under the umbrella of victimizing children, taking your kids away from you, minimizing your influence on them, whether it's with critical race theory in schools, whether it is with um, glorifying transgender ideology, whether it's through what they call social-emotional learning, which is nothing more than a lot of times pornographic sex education, or whether it's glorifying abortion. I mean, they don't have to take your kid away from you if they can just kill your kid before it's born and make you feel good about it because, hey, it's all about bodily autonomy. It's all about individual freedom. It's all about women's health care. They euphemistically name things so that you won't understand the horror behind the procedure. Of course, the transformative story of Abby Johnston uh, told... Uh, on screen and in book form, stemmed just from her, after working in an abortion clinic for years and years and years and years, actually seeing an abortion happen and the callousness with which the doctor mocked the death of what Abby Johnson realized in that moment was a life, not a fetus. Not a clump of cells, but a human life. Her story, Unplanned, is powerful, and I encourage you to watch it. It may change your view of abortion. So the Supreme Court, under a lot of pressure, a lot of activists coming for them. There'll be pickets, there'll be threats, there'll be all kinds of things. And Oh, it'll be magnified, and this is the end of freedom, and... Women have no rights anymore and all this. Okay, you know how that's going to go. You've seen it before. The big fear that the left has is, of course, that this 1973 decision guaranteeing the right to an abortion will be overturned, Roe versus Wade. Now, what they never tell you when they paint these disastrous doomsday scenarios is not that abortion will be outlawed throughout the United States. What would happen if Roe versus Wade is overturned is that the issue of abortion would go back to the states. Now, I would love to see abortion outlawed all over the United States, all over the world, because I think it's an evil, heinous act of murder. I think science proves that. We now know so much more about babies in the womb. We now can operate on and fix previously debilitating health issues on a baby in the mother's womb before it is born. So if you would operate on something to fix it, it would 
by definition prove that something is alive at the time you operate on it. Otherwise, you just wait until it pops out and becomes a life or until it's out. I don't know what, two, three, four hours a week. However long the left says, okay, yeah, I guess I'll keep that thing. Then in their mind, it becomes a life. So that's why you need to be praying for the Supreme Court to have the courage to stand for truth on this issue. And if they do, well, it'll be a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. If they don't, which typically what the court does is they don't give you everything you want, but if they give you any of what you want, it's a piece rather than the whole package. So what could they do here? Well, they could say the Mississippi law is okay, but we're not going to say anything about whether the right to an abortion elsewhere exists. So they could leave it a little bit fuzzy, a little bit undefined, but there's a Texas case coming before the court too. Also a very important case. Pray for life. Pray for these justices to do the right thing. One of the real maddening things about Republican nominees to the Supreme Court, and Donald Trump got three, is that we sometimes get crossed up by our nominees. I mean, our Chief Justice, John Roberts, it's a wonder that he can stand straight up without a rod in his back, as much of a jellyfish as he is, on issues that we thought we would not have issues with when he was appointed as Chief Justice by George Bush. But John Roberts had the power to get rid of Obamacare and didn't do it. And John Roberts cares more about John Roberts' legacy going forward than John Roberts does about doing what he took an oath to do, which is uphold the Constitution. That doesn't happen with justices like Elena Kagan or Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Just doesn't happen. Sonia Sotomayor. Doesn't happen to them. They become more radical once they get on the court. Thank goodness. You say what you want about Mitch McConnell, and I'm not the world's biggest Mitch McConnell fan. But Mitch McConnell did keep Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court. And now that we've seen and tasted a flavor of Merrick Garland as Attorney General, would you want that guy to have a lifetime appointment? to the highest court in the land? I wouldn't. Nor would anyone who prizes the Constitution rather than the uh, personal agenda of an unrepentant leftist. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.